And God's spirit is with us and he has made us new and keeps making us new moment by moment, day by day, season by season. Remember what Apostle Paul says to all of us in his letter to Titus. We were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness of love, our God, our Savior, appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, who he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. And I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we uh, come gathered together uh, under your word, uh, in your spirit, with joy in our hearts, knowing, God, that you have brought us from darkness to light, that you've made us new in Christ, and that the new life that we live is one that is empowered by your Holy Spirit, that the new life that we live is one that is no longer encumbered by our past, uh, our sins, the weight of our shame, by our regrets, but God, we can live in freedom, we can live in light, we can live in the fullness of life that you've given to us. And we rejoice in that this morning. We celebrate that this morning. We wanna worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth and celebrate all that you have and are doing and will continue to do in the life of our church, in all of our lives. God, you are so good to us and we worship you. We pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. Sing together.
Christ, how deep and how wide, how high it is for us. Let's just marvel at the Lord's love. These are God's words to us in the book of Hebrews and the book of Psalms. We'll listen to God's word to us and actually his words for us to say and pray them back together as a dialogue between God and us. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you Never will I forsake you. God, we thank you for never leaving us. Thank you for never forsaking us. Many of us have experienced other people leaving us, but we do not experience that with you. Thank you, God, for giving us the reason to be content and not anxious about anything in our lives. We thank you, God. We thank you. Amen. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Lord, yes, yes, yes. With confidence, we look to you as our helper. We put aside our fears that harm us and fears you don't want us to have. If you are with us, why do we need to have those fears? You are with us, even though we don't understand it, and we can't say why. You call ourselves our helper, and we thank you, God. We thank you. Amen. Um, when hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord. He brought me into a spacious place. 
The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I look in triumph of my enemies. Uh, Lord, you hear your people's cries. You responded many years ago by sending us Jesus, your Savior, to save us completely from death, from hatred, from isolation, from oppression, from sickness, from despair, from all kinds of sins that separate us from you and from one another. And after he died for us and was resurrected and ascended from the world, you sent us your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your spirit in us so that you're with us and among us forever. Thank you for your promise that Jesus will come again to complete your recreation of all things. Thank you. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Lord, we lack nothing with you taking care of us, keeping us, watching us, leading us. You refresh us. You guide us in the right ways. Even in our worst circumstances and hardest times, you are with us. Your presence comforts us. Thank you for being so close to us. Thank you for taking care of us, your sheep, even dying for our sake. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the ham 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 Lord, even in our hardest times, even with enemies of all kinds against us, you are so generously pouring out your good things to us. You pour out your love in us through the Spirit. You fill us with the Spirit to live the way of Jesus and to speak his good news and to do the good things he does. Surely your love and goodness follow us all our days. Surely we live with you and you live with us, so present now and forever. We talk to you like this heart to heart through Christ who died and rose and will come again soon. Amen. Well, um, as we just prayed our thanks to God with one voice, uh, can we also pray our thanks with uh, our many voices, but with one heart? Just to be filled with gratefulness, filled with God's love, filled by God's Holy Spirit, 
Um, we just want to invite each other to give thanks to God for the many things he's done and will do um, for ourselves, for those around us, and especially for many like peoples and groups and for this whole world. Uh, though our words aren't ever going to be really sufficient, let's thank God as we can for the just incredible, wholehearted, holistic salvation of this world um, that Jesus accomplishes. Um, let's pray. Father, we know that you are doing things all over the world where uh, works of salvation, works of healing, works of deliverance. Uh, God, you're providing uh, in so many different ways uh, for your saints and for your creation. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that you are so good to us. We thank you that you are near us and with us. We thank you, God, that you are faithful that you're trustworthy, uh, that we can run to you knowing that we are forgiven and made whole, knowing, God, that you've given us new life in Christ. Um, we are amazed, Lord, at your love. We are amazed, God, at your goodness. Thank you for filling us with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for opening up our eyes to see your beauty and all of your worth. And God, it's our prayer and desire that you would um, make more of yourself known to us, that you would um, continue to just show us and demonstrate how awesome you are, how glorious and how magnificent you are. Would you um, continue to do that for those around us who may not know you? who may not see you for all of your beauty and all of your goodness. God, would you open up uh, eyes? Would you open up ears? Would you open up hearts um, that we might rightly perceive and rightly know and rightly worship? You, our Heavenly Father, our Savior, our Redeemer. Thank you for this time where we're reminded by your word how you're a good shepherd to us, and where we're reminded uh, that we have so much hope because of what you've already accomplished for us on the cross and what you're continuing to do in our lives through your spirit. Uh, we love you, Lord. We can sing of your love forever. Hallelujah. We thank you so much. We pray all of these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Um, Jesus is our Prince of Peace. It's through him that we have peace with God our Father through his death and resurrection. And it's through him also that we can have peace with one another. We can have peace even with ourselves. 
So why don't we just take this moment to pass the peace to somebody who may be sitting next to you or to somebody on the broadcast as well or in the chat. Hi, everyone. Peace of Christ to you. Well, this is usually the time in our service when we talk about what's going on in our community. But today I'm actually running behind on a bunch of uh, thank you notes. And um, I was wondering if you wouldn't mind if I took care of some of them now. Hope that's okay. Okay, well, I'll take that as a yes. All right, so um, here we go. Thank you notes. Thank you, welcome at greatcommissioncc.org for being a much better email address for newcomers than alternatives like what are you new and extended car warranty at greatcommissioncc.org. All right, one down. Thank you everyone who donated last week to Casa Chirilagua, our partners in Arlandria, who raised more than $100,000 for their work with immigrants from Central America as part of their Spring to Action campaign. Thank you for not getting scammed by the imposter site, Summer to Action. Because Summer to Action doesn't really mean anything. Okay. All right, moving on. Thank you, upcoming church baptisms on May 23rd, maybe the favorite worship service of the year for many of us, for letting us do baptisms outside for the first time and helping us avoid the awkwardness of getting baptized next to people doing laps at the hotel swimming pool. And by the way, if you're wondering, yes, that has happened to me. Okay, next thank you note. Thank you, plans to start in-person services at the Arlington Doubletree in July for giving us a chance to see each other in person again and to serve by helping in our relaunch with welcome and safety protocols. Yeah, there's no joke for that one. It's just please email me if you'd like to help out. We'd love to have you involved. Thanks. All right, last thank you note. Thank you, future Arlington Kids Assistant God's Garden Director, for applying soon and for taking care of our Arlington kids and families and helping us remember that God's Garden is our ministry to kids and families, not a bed of heavenly produce. Thanks. Hi friends, I have three exciting things I'd like to share with you this morning. First of all, did you know that the church has established global ministry task forces? These task forces are an opportunity for you to get involved with supporting our global ministry partners who live and work in these regions, in Africa, in Europe, Central Asia and the Middle East, and in East Asia. If you're interested in getting plugged in to a task force, please reach out and contact Pastor Jonathan or, or me and we'll get you plugged in. Second of all, this is the month of Ramadan when Muslims all throughout the world are fasting and praying. 
Muslims in the Middle East and Central Asia especially are fasting and praying during this time and we want to encourage you to also be in prayer for them. And finally, on the 4th of May at 8 p.m., there will be a special prayer meeting held via Zoom to pray for people in Central Asia and the Middle East. This will be a special time, and I want to encourage you to come on out and to pray. We know that a lot of things that are happening in those regions of the world are happening because of prayer. And this is one active way that you can get involved. So I look forward to seeing you then on the 4th of May at 8 p.m. Thanks. Good morning, GCCC. It's always a pleasure uh, to be able to come and, and talk about God's Word with you. Uh, just before we begin, just uh, I invite you to pray with me. Jesus, we just thank you for who you are, and we just ask that you would open our ears to hear uh, what you have to say to us this morning. I ask that you would anoint my words uh, to say what you would have me to say. Uh, would you prepare our hearts to receive what you desire to reveal in us about uh, who you are and who we are and how you want us to be more like you. Uh, may we continue to pursue you with all that we are. In your name I pray. Amen. Uh, this COVID year has been a very uh, interesting one for many of us, hard in some ways, good in others. Uh, it's required many of us to learn and develop uh, new hobbies or new talents. Uh, I know in our family, uh, my wife Erica uh, was super into the whole sourdough starter thing from scratch, uh, learning how to get that going, to make that and all of that. And there's a whole process, I know, especially in the beginning of uh, the COVID season where we kept trying to have sourdough starter, but it didn't quite work. But eventually uh, she found a recipe that worked well. And now I feel like we've become kind of bread snobs where uh, we expect as a family now every day for there to be uh, fresh bread made, fresh sourdough bread made every day because um, that's what's happening in our house because Erica's learned this new hobby of how to make a sourdough starter. And so we always look forward to uh, that daily loaf of bread. And uh, today we're going to be looking at what does Jesus mean uh, when he says to pray and says, give us today our daily bread. Um, so we're be looking at uh, in Matthew 6 passage here on, on Jesus teaching us to pray. Uh, we've been looking at that uh, already, but today is uh, Jesus teach us, uh, is give us today our daily bread. Uh, for any of you who maybe are like me, where you've spent a lot of time in church, maybe you've heard the Lord's Prayer multiple times, you've memorized it or recited it a lot of times, I feel like this phrase of give us today our daily bread is one that many of us I think kind of just gloss over or skip over. I, I think a lot of that is because um, it's saying, give us our food, right? And we're kind of, most of us are thankfully in places where food security isn't really an issue. And so, you know, if we're hungry, we go get something to eat. We go to the cabinet or the fridge, or if we realize 
um, the fridge is empty or there's not the food we want, many of us just go to the grocery store and get it what we want. And so the thought of being told to come before God our Father and say, uh, could you give me my daily bread just isn't something that I feel like connects with most of us. Um, even when we begin to understand, as I believe what Jesus is saying here, isn't just talking about food, but it's talking about kind of our provision, the, the things that we need um, for today, that even when we go there, I feel like for a lot of us, we kind of think, well, I, I don't really have a whole lot of needs today. Um, and, you know, there's a good thing there that like we're not in some situation that is is dire straits or we, we don't know what's going to happen. And so I think for many of us, especially living in this area, this kind of idea of like needing something for today is is a more foreign concept. It doesn't seem to be something that um, really resonates with us. And so when Jesus says, give us today our daily bread, I think a lot of us are just kind of like, okay, I'm saying the words, but I don't really mean it. I'm not really coming before God saying, would you would you give me what I need for this day? Um, but I think part of that is because we're not really fully comprehending what I think Jesus is, is trying to remind his disciples of and what Jesus is trying to highlight with this phrase here of give us our daily bread. First of all, um, I think if you need daily bread, obviously it's here. And so for those of us who maybe things are tight or we're without what we need, there's a clear, easy, oh yeah, I'm there. I need daily bread. Jesus, would you take care of that? Uh, but I think, like I was mentioning, this isn't just about food and it is about provision. And so I think what Jesus is trying to highlight for his disciples is kind of reminding them like where the source of their provision is and really who it is and that God is their provider. I can't help but think that as Jesus uses this words, this imagery of give us today our daily bread, that his Jewish followers would have pop up in their mind in the time of the, the Exodus after they've left Egypt and the people of Israel are out in the wilderness where there's no capacity to grow food, where there really isn't any food available or any water available. And God's response to take care of them was to give them manna, which was like bread from heaven. And, it, and he had a rule where it was basically like every day, I will give you what you need for that day, no more, no less, and you will have what you need. And if you take too much, it will turn to mold and it will have maggots. So you have to just trust in me every day for your bread. Uh, and so as Jewish people, I'm pretty sure that his followers, that that image probably comes to mind as he says, pray every day that, G, that God would give you the, the bread you need for that day. And I think that they would have to have that come into mind. Like, oh, right, like the manna in the wilderness, you're saying that we come before God every day asking him to give us what we need for that day. Um, and I think when we begin to think about it from this uh, perspective, it's not just about like, oh, if I have needs, then I ask God. I think Jesus is trying to remind us here that we are to depend on God and look to God as our provider, as the one who is giving us what we need and taking care of us um, for everything we need for a day um, and to really to depend on him. And I think this is something that for many of us is very, very difficult. Um, 
I think it was even if you go back to looking at that uh, kind of story in Exodus, it was difficult for the Israelites to begin to just trust God, that God was going to take care of their needs and that there would be, you know, this bread from heaven the next day and the next day after that. And it was hard to resist the temptation to take more than they needed because they wanted to take care of things themselves and to really just rely on God as uh, their provider was not an easy thing. And I would say I think the same thing go, applies for us, especially in this area where, on, if we're honest, we don't really have a lot of like physical needs. We, we have money, we have homes, we have food, we have the stuff that we need for, for our lives, most of us. And we have nice jobs and all of these things. And so in a lot of ways, the things that we need, we seem taken care of already. Um, and in a lot of ways for us, I think a lot of us look at as the source of that provision is maybe our hard work. Maybe it's in the reality that, you know, you went to school, you worked hard, you got a job and you had all these things. And so in a lot of ways, I think a lot of us look to ourselves to provide for the things that we need. And I think this is where we're missing what Jesus is saying, because I think when Jesus teaches us to pray, give us today our daily bread, he is asking us to put ourselves back into a position where we see God as our loving Father who provides for what we need, um, as opposed to us providing for what we need for the day. Uh, this makes me think of like my kids. My, like When my kids need clothes and things, they come to us and they say, hey, we're, we're, I'm running out of pants. They don't all fit anymore. You know, as we're coming into summer, we just recently like pulled out all the summer clothes and we're starting to look through them. And then some of them be like, I don't have any shorts to fit me anymore. And so I expect as their father that they're going to come to me and tell me, hey, I don't have what I need and I'm going to go get them some clothes. What I would not expect is for my kids to like say, oh, I don't have any clothes. I don't have any money, but somehow I've got to figure out how to go take care of this situation because I need some new shorts. Um, but I think the thing is, I think in a lot of ways, we do that kind of thing to God. We're his children, and yet we don't really look to him to provide what we need. We just think, I've got this. I'm going to take care of this. And that's where we go with it. And I think Jesus is trying to remind us here, of, even with a daily prayer, saying, remind yourself who is actually your provider. Who is blessing you with good gifts? As the, as the Bible says that every good and perfect thing uh, comes from above. It's from, it's from Jesus. It's from God. And so even your job, even the good stuff that we have, that God is the source of our provision. And he is the one lavishing good gifts on us. And so if we can start to see that, it can change the way we, we look at things. It can change the way we think about our lives, our money, our the stuff that we have, if we begin to honestly acknowledge and believe that God is the one providing for us, then the tendency to hold tightly to what we have kind of goes away. In a lot of ways, it relieves pressure from us. If we can actually relinquish and say, I am not the one who has to provide for my family. God is my provider, and I can go to him and ask him to help provide for my needs, then this weight can get lifted off my shoulder of like having to be the one, the breadwinner, the one who's like bringing it all home and saying everything is now taken care of because that's on God. And I think even with Jesus' words here, he's actually wanting us to do that. He's wanting us to put it on God to say, no, 
I ask you for what I need because you are my loving Father who cares for me and wants to give me good gifts. And you know what I need even before I ask. And so I can trust that you're going to take care of me. Uh, Jesus actually says just after this, these passages uh, in, in the end of chapter 6, he talks about how we're not to worry and we're not to be concerned about what we'll eat or what we'll wear um, or, or these kinds of things. He's saying we, God knows that we need these things and he takes care of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air and how much more he cares for us. And so he says, don't worry about this basic sustenance stuff. He's saying, don't worry about it. Seek first the kingdom of God and God will take care of what you need. And I think this is part of what Jesus is teaching us in this prayer is he's saying, don't be consumed by the things that you need in your life or the things you think you need in your life. Give those to Jesus. Give those to God. Trust that your Father in heaven knows what you need, cares about who you are and can take care of you and that you can be freed up from focusing on how am I going to provide for myself or for my family? And you can be freed up to think through how am I going to like pursue Jesus? How am I going to pursue the kingdom of God? How am I going to invest what God has given me so that the kingdom of God can multiply? How am I going to give of my own time and energy and resources so that like people can come to know Jesus, so that other people can be discipled well, so that the kingdom of God advances how how is my life lived in that way but i think we can't get to those conversations when we're bearing the burden of providing for our own needs because it takes so much uh, time energy effort and the pressure even there and the worries that come with oh well i don't know if i can give this money to somebody who needs it for the sake of the kingdom, because what if something bad happens to me? What if I lose my job? What if, what if, what if? And if it's on us, then we're going to make sure that we've taken care of ourselves as much as we possibly can. And yet I think Jesus is teaching us here to say, no, God is our provider. He provides all that we need for every day. Now, that might not look the way we were we're expecting. It might not be what we hoped for, but it is still true that he's saying, come before God and ask him to take care of the needs that you have. And as you relinquish that, you are freed up to pursue his kingdom in ways that you never would be if you're, if you're carrying the burden of providing for your own needs. The thing with this teaching is it's honestly a little easier when you have less, when you don't have enough. I remember right after Eric and I got married, um, we started having kids immediately. Uh, we still had school loans and school debt, and we had um, just car payments and rent payments, and we honestly didn't have enough money for, for everything we needed. And I can remember being at like a prayer meeting and just wrestling with God and just crying out to God saying, God, I need you to be my provider because I can't do it. And I remember at that time, especially as like a new husband, that that was really difficult. You know, culturally, um, in a lot of ways, it's less so now, but there's still a lot of pressure on men sometimes to kind of be the idea of like, you've got to provide for your family. And there was a lot of just that thinking that was around me and to just be able to cry out to God and say, God, I can't provide for my family. I need you to provide because I don't have what it takes. Please provide for my needs and to just throw myself on his mercy and grace. And that was easier because I didn't have another option. 
I was working, I was doing everything I could, but it just wasn't enough to make ends meet and there wasn't always groceries. And as I threw myself on God's mercy and grace, and as I received him as my provider, and as I still sought to do kingdom work, I saw God provide. Um, and I, I've mentioned this in other sermons in different times, but it wasn't in big flashy, here's your $2,000 check in the mail or something. It was often from people giving me leftover food or inviting me out for lunch or different ways. But I, I've noticed that God's always taking care of us. And it was easier back then, honestly, to just trust and rely that God was going to provide. I have found actually that in this recent season, um, as we've been blessed to be part of this church, and we're honestly, our needs are met more regularly, easier just from what we're uh, getting paid at this church than any other time we've been at. We've been largely in church plants or kind of like dying churches where there really wasn't a budget to take in a pastor. And so this is the most stable, secure place we've been, and I've honestly found it to be the hardest to continue to trust that God is my provider and to honestly just come before him in prayer and just receive him as that my provider and ask him like Jesus teaches to provide my daily bread. Um, I'm just even mindful we've had this issue with a water heater and it's taken way too long to get it fixed and it's been kind of aggravating. But I noticed it took weeks of me calling every day for these plumber people to get their act together. But it took weeks of me thinking through that, talking about that, trying to figure out how to do it before I once thought to stop and pray and ask God to intervene and to help provide fixing my water heater. And I mention that because it's clear to me that as I have had enough where I have the potential, where it looks like because of my job, I have all that I need, it is actually harder for me to rely on God as my provider. And it is much easier for me to begin to take control of my own life and my own provision and not trust God for it. And I think that's true for many of us. Most of us in this church have more than we need. And I think for many of us, it is difficult to trust all that we have to God and trust that God is our provider and that if God asks us to do different things with our money or our time, that we'll be okay. And I just want us to see here from what Jesus is teaching us to pray is that he's not just teaching us to pray, he's teaching us to come into a place of submission and surrender before our God to say, as a child, God, you're my provider. I am not my provider. You are my provider. And so I will receive from you. I will look to you for all that I need for today. And if you ask me to give things that I have to others, I will trust that you will provide what I need. If you ask me to change my hours so that I have more time to pursue the kingdom, I will trust that you will provide for my needs. We only get there as we truly can with Jesus come before God our Father and just say, I believe that you will provide. I believe that you are my provider. And so I ask, would you provide for all that I need for this day? 
And then tomorrow to come before him again and say, I trust you for today, God, that everything I need for today, that you will supply, that you will provide because that is who you are. You are my provider. As we think about this, I just want you to think about when you do have needs, when issues come up or arise in your life, how long does it take us to turn to God? How long does it take us to honestly come before God and say, God, could you provide this need? Or are our first and primary and maybe only responses to try to figure out how we can take care of every issue, every problem, every need that we have on our own, in our own strength, our own power, with earthly wisdom, instead of coming before the Lord and saying, give me today my daily bread. I just want to invite you to really begin to pray that. Even just just here for a moment, I'm just going to give us a moment uh, to pray this. Uh, For some of us, I think this is what we need to do. I think for some of us, we need to repent that we have not trusted God as our provider. I think some of us need to just say, sorry that I have taken that role on for myself and I have not trusted that you will provide my daily bread. That you will provide what I need. I think we need to just repent of that and say we're sorry. Remember, that would be kind of like my children telling me, Dad, I don't trust that you're going to get me food today. I don't trust that you're going to get me the clothes that I need. And and that would be so insulting to me. That would be so hurtful to hear my kids say, I don't trust you enough to like provide for my basic needs. And yet I think we do that to God all the time. I think after some of us repent, I think what we can also just do is begin to say, God, thank you that you are my provider. I think for some of us, actually, we need to even just say the words where we say, God, I receive you as my provider. I declare that you are the source of my provision, not my job, not my work, not my effort, that you, God, ultimately are the source of my provider. So I'm gonna gonna give us a moment to do that, but I also just wanna encourage you that even as these these are ways that Jesus taught us to pray, that ongoing, daily, that you would just, whether it's at night or in the middle of the day or whenever, in the morning, to just begin to, to daily recognize before the Lord that, God, you are my provider. Honestly, this would be even a great way to, to pray for food. We, we're taught to pray for food, right? They're like, oh, we're supposed to thank God for the food. And I know when we ask my kids to pray half the time, they're just like, thank you for this food, God, amen. And that's it. I know some people have songs or different things, but could I just even challenge you? To if no other time to at least at that point say the words that thank you God that you are my provider that you have provided this food that you have provided this house that you provided a good job and begin to just recognize who is the source of your provision because it is God and to begin to just walk in that that he is our provider and to begin to pray this prayer um, that Jesus is taught. And so again, here for a moment, just a moment, repent if you need to repent, and then receive him as your provider. And so let's just let's just take a moment uh, to pray.
God, we thank you that you are our loving Father who cares for us and knows what we need. That you know what we need more than we know what we need. You know it before we ask. You know it before we even think it. You know what we need. God, we are sorry for how often we take on the role of providing for our own lives. I'm sorry that so often we do not trust in who you are to take care of us, that we are bound by fears and worries of the what-ifs, of what will happen if, and so instead of trusting in you, trusting for you to provide for our needs and seek first your kingdom, we seek first our needs and we seek first our provision and there's nothing left afterwards and we're sorry. God, would you help us to be a people who trust you so much because you have been proven trustworthy over and over that your faithfulness is amazing. Great is your faithfulness, God. And so would you help us to be people who relinquish the role of provider to you and would we look to you, God, to provide all that we need. And so God, at, at this moment, and I, we just surrender to you and we receive you, God, as our provider this morning. And as Jesus taught us to pray, we say, give us today our daily bread. Amen. Now we're going to move to a time of celebrating communion. Communion is a time that we set aside to remember uh, what Jesus has done for us, how his body was broken and his blood was shed, that he died and rose again to pay the penalty for our sin. Um, not that we were deserving of it, but that he desired um, in his love and mercy and grace to die on our behalf, to pay for our sin, so that we might uh, be reconciled to God, that we might have new life in Jesus. And today as we take this, I just want to encourage you. Sometimes when we take communion, it's a little bit more somber as we reflect on the sins we've committed and, and confessing those and being right with God. But other times it's, it's more of a joyous occasion. I just want to encourage you um, this morning to, to be thankful and to choose into some more of that celebration and joy because this is a symbol. The, the, the body and the blood of Christ is a symbol of the lengths to which God has gone to provide us with forgiveness, mercy, grace, and new life. Um, so even as we've looked at how God is our provider, if we had any doubts about what our Lord was willing to do to provide for us, these, this symbol, this remembrance of what he has already done, what price he has already paid to provide us with life uh, should quash any doubts that we have about who our God is and whether he's worthy of trusting him. Um, so, so let's take of this together. And so on the night that uh, Jesus was betrayed, he, he took uh, the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body um, broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you. And he did these things so that we might have life, that he provided a way 
for us to be reconciled to God. So let's let's take of these components today.
Dear Church family, may the Lord of Peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. Go and share this peace in the power of the Spirit, in the love of Christ, and the generosity of the Father. Amen. It's been so good to be together, and we look forward to being together again.